0: Hey everyone, this is Greg Schutz here for ReadyForTheDraft.com and the Ready For The Draft podcast. We're kicking off episode four of the podcast series, which is leading up to the NFL Draft, set to begin Thursday, April 26th in Arlington, Texas, AT&T Stadium, less than a week away. Can't wait. Uh, So we've made it through the first round of of, of my mock, um, and my top five still hasn't changed. Uh, Sam Darnold, Saquon Barkley, Baker Mayfield, Bradley Chubb, Josh Allen, Expect those five to be the first five taken off the board. So the key to the draft for me right now is really where that fourth quarterback is going to be coming off the board. You know, who's going to trade up and uh, who's going to be the, the, the trade partner. You, know, you look at uh, the Bills, they could potentially trade up with, with Indianapolis. I think that fits Chris Ballard's mindset to add picks, and I think he can address that pass rush that only registered 25 sacks a season ago and also address that porous offensive line that gave up 56 sacks. Um, you know, here's something else to think about when you're looking at the top 10. You know, I recently uh, started talking to a, a friend of mine who's a Bucks fan. And he's very much against drafting a DB early, especially with the likes of, of Mark Barron, Vernon Hargraves, uh, Jonathan Banks, not living up to their first and second round billing. Uh, it, it's still a, a huge need at, at you know, the cornerback position along with, with safety. I think that has to be the direction Tampa goes if they can't somehow find a way to trade up for Barkley. I think mean, think about it. You have Jameis Winston at quarterback, a good receiving core led by Mike Evans, and a tight end in O.J. Howard. Now that Doug Martin is gone, they need that every down back. So go out on a limb, package some picks, see if you can somehow pry that number two pick away from Dave Gettleman. Now I know Gettleman's, uh, you know his his history has has been to not trade away those, those first and second round picks, make him an offer that he can't refuse. The giants then would be in a position to still take guard uh, Quentin Nelson at seven and could then land a pass rusher and a running back to the top of round two, you know, and, and bucks fans. If you're not wanting to see that, that defensive back taken in, in, in the top 10, maybe they are our landing spot for, for the bills. Maybe there's something that's put together bills trade up to number seven and, uh, you know, land that quarterback, you know, the bills obviously going to be looking for whoever's going to be left on the board. More than likely it's going to be Josh Rosen, um, outside chance it could be Baker Mayfield or even Josh Allen. But I think right now, the way that things are looking, the durability concerns, those question marks for Josh Rosen, he's probably going to be that number four quarterback and uh, somebody that the bills can be jumping to. So for this podcast episode, we're going to be breaking down the defensive side of the football. You know, I'm excited to talk about the edge rushers in this draft. Absolutely, uh, the D-line overall though isn't de- uh, doesn't have all that much depth at the top. You know, uh, next year's draft though, I'm I'm really excited about because that defensive line talent is is insane. You've got Christian Wilkins, Rashawn, uh Rashawn Gary, Ed Oliver, Cleveland Farrell, Nick Bosa, Rayquan Davis, Jeffrey Simmons. Just to name a few guys. But uh, in this draft, there's still some few guys that can make an uh, impact at the next level. But uh, there are going to be a lot of teams that are going to be looking at the defensive line position and really uh, salivating when they get a chance to take a look at some of the prospects for, uh, for next year. I think that some teams that are needing an inside backer are going to be looking for one relatively early. I think there's a steep drop-off at the top at the inside backer position. Uh, the cornerbacks, really not as much depth at the top as in seasons past. Uh, You know, as as few as three corners could be coming off the board in round one, um, which in the last two drafts, you know, that's, um, you you know, you saw at least five come off the board in each of the last two drafts. But uh, I think what you're going to end up seeing is as many as 15 that'll come off the board by the end of day two, which would be in line and match the last two draft classes. The safety position, well, that produced two Uh, Top 15 picks a season ago in Jamal Adams and Malik Hooker. I think it's bound to happen again with Mika Fitzpatrick and Derwin James, but I think it's a down year at the safety position. You know, there are eight safeties off the board by the end of uh, Friday in 2016, and there were 11 in 2017. Now, there's an outside chance we'll see eight through three rounds, but we could see as few as six. So, kind of a down year there for the safety position. So, without further ado, Let's go ahead and kick off the uh, defensive breakdown, and uh, I think the first person that we really need to talk about here is, at the defensive end position, Bradley Chubb, number one defensive player on my board, 6'4", 269 pounds, NC State. The junior I have going number four overall to the Cleveland Browns, and uh, you know Bradley Chubb, racked up 20 sacks and 45 tackles for loss in his final two seasons with a Wolfpack. You know, he's a complete player off the edge. I think he shows a blend of power and speed that not only gets to the quarterback, but it can also affect the run. And uh, you know he easily manhandled some of the top offensive tackles in the country. His speed was too much for uh, Notre Dame's Mike McGlinchey, himself a first-round uh, prospect for this year's draft. And it was his power, he just overpowered uh, Clemson's Mitch Hyatt, who is likely a first rounder in next year's draft, and then used a blend of the two to really outclass uh, Louisville's uh, drunk uh, Christian, who has a chance to come off the board sometime during, uh, during day two, whether it's the second or third round. You know, he's, he's got such an explosive first step off the ball, stays low out of a stance. Um, a lot of times he'll lower that shoulder into the offensive tackle to get to the edge, has the flexibility to bend around the corner, and you know, once he flattens out, he, he gets to the quarterback with a really quick burst. Um, elite handwork. I think that's really what sets him apart. You, know, you see him with such quick hands at the point of attack to slap the uh, the offensive tackle's hands down, allowing him to rip through and get to the edge. Uh, gets his hands inside to the body of the tackle, allowing him to stand, extend his arms and really drive the tackle back into the backfield. Uh, incredible power in his hands as well. You see him deliver a punch. That gets his man off balance, which then allows him to quickly shoot inside to pursue the football. Um, Chubb is just as equally disruptive though against the run. You know, he shows the the ability and the, the strength to st- set the edge on the outside, quickness to shoot inside blocks to drop the running back behind the line of scrimmage. I think he does a good job, you know, keeping outside contain, forcing the run plays back inside. And he plays with leverage. I think that you know allows him to, to stack and shed blockers quickly and uh, get to the ball carrier. You know he uses his quickness laterally to to really contain uh, Lamar Jackson, you know the the explosive one. You know his ability to to slide down the line, really keep him bottled up and then show a burst to close and really trip up the quarterback. Um, you know he does a good job reading blocks and uh, you know is able to adjust to to affect the play. You know if a tackle blocks down, he's gonna come down the line to wrap up the running back. And he also does a good job shooting off the hip of the pulling guard to drop the running back before the play really develops. You know, Chubb is definitely a high energy guy with a motor that never stops. He's always going to be coming after the quarterback. He's always going to be coming after the football. Um, you know, he plays with a physical edge, but uh, you know, I think he also likes to have a good time as well. You'll see him often goofing off after a play and uh, won't ever pass up an opportunity to steal a quarterback's towel, even if it means getting into the quarterback's head. Um, you know, he... Had a lot of fun with with Kelly Bryant. I think it bothered him a little bit. I think he may have stolen his towel three, four, five times. But uh, you know, you like to see a guy out there having a good time and looking for an edge whenever he can get one. I think if you pair Chubb with Garrett, you know Cleveland would be crazy to to pass on on Bradley Chubb at four, if Saquon Barkley's off the board. You know, you're talking about pairing up the two top defensive. Uh, prospects in the last two drafts. You know, why Why wouldn't you pair those two up? I mean, that's a formidable duo. Uh, two guys are going to be able to get to the quarterback quickly and, uh, you know, if I'm if I'm Cleveland, I'm I'm jumping at the chance. You know, uh, Greg Williams in the draft room is going to be jumping up and down if uh, Bradley Chubb is sitting there at number four. So my number two defensive end is Marcus Davenport. 6'5", 264 out of UTSA. Got him number, going number 14 overall to the Packers. Um, you know, And he's one of the most talked about prospects, I think, in this year's draft. Came to, to the Roadrunners. He was a skinny, 195-pound kid. And he's actually leaving as the program's all-time leader in tackles for loss, sacks, and quarterback hurries. You know, when he really punctuated that final season in San Antonio by being named the, the 2017 Conference USA Defensive Player of the Year, um, just really filled up the stat sheets, you know, last year with with 15, uh, fifty-five tackles, seventeen and a half going for loss, eight and a half sacks, another eight quarterback hurries, four pass breakups, three forced fumbles, and uh, a fumble return for a touchdown. You know, and, and you look at the 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 rise up the draft boards. People are comparing him a lot to Ziggy Ansah. Wouldn't go quite that far, but it's close. You know, I, I think a lot of people got to to see him for the first time at the Senior Bowl, and I think his. Uh, his play was the object of a lot of scrutiny. You know, I don't think he made a lot of splash plays in practice. He was trying to rush the passer from the inside way too much. Um, you know, looked raw and, and lacked con- uh, technique. And while that may have been the case, um, you know, he was also able to shine on game day at the Senior Bowl. You know, he he got uh, Pittsburgh's offensive tackle Brian O'Neill, potential second day pick, got him off balance, allowed him to shoot in, sack Baker Mayfield. And uh, later had a scoop and score twenty yard fumble uh, by Nebraska quarterback Tanner Lee. Uh, so I think when the lights turned on, you know everything really clicked for for Marcus Davenport. He's definitely scheme versatile. You know, played both with his hand in the ground and in a two point stanch off the edge. I think he's more effective as a stand up rusher. I think that's when you really saw him making a lot of his his splash plays. Um, you know, I, I was talking about in um, on the website. Uh, about how this is really good news for defensive coordinator Mike Pettin of the, pa- uh, the Packers. He runs a hybrid scheme that can morph from a uh, 3-4 to a 43 on a moment's notice. So I think you know that versatility would would really work out well for the uh, for the Packers. I think Davenport's really at his best when he's able to come off the edge, rush the passer, uh, explosive burst, um, surprising flexibility for a guy his size to really get around the corner coming off the ball. Uses that long wingspan to engage the tackle early, and uh, uses those quick hands to get off the block. You know, if he's able to win early and, and dip around that edge, he's going to be really effective getting off the corner. You know, I think he can definitely dip and rip, um, and when he flattens out, you know, uh, he's got some speed to close quickly on the football as well. You know, a great motor, relentless in pursuit of the quarterback. You know, and when he does play with leverage, he he does it, uh, display a, a pretty good bull rush. You know, really converting that speed to power to drive his man back and really walk him back into the pocket. But I think he is learning some of the nuances of the position. You know, he'll lose leverage uh, quite often. Get a you know that high pad pad level, and when he plays with a high pad level, he's really getting himself into trouble. Um, I think he also struggles a lot with uh, with the run. I think he relies too much on his athleticism to bail him out of trouble. Um, I think he often gets fooled. Um, he'll find himself crashing down on a lot of plays. Uh, looking to blow up the run and basically gets caught inside and there's a big play to the outside because he lost contain. You know, he's gotta remain disciplined, keep outside contain, or he's bound to give up more big plays at the next level. Thought he also struggled getting off some blocks at times with the an inside rush if he didn't win off the ball. You know, he'll get overpowered at the point of attack, get driven off the ball, you know, when his pad level's too high, as I said. Um, but I, I think he has a, a high ceiling. He's just raw and still needs to develop. Um, but that's what we said about Ziggy Ansah, and you see what, what he's been able to accomplish uh, with the Lions. You know, I think Davenport, definitely someone who's going to go off the board in the first uh, top 20 picks. I think 14 overall to the Packers makes a lot of sense. My number three defensive end is Rasheem Green at USC. 6'5, 275 pounds. I got the junior going number 40 overall to Denver. Really a guy who's just shooting up draft boards and uh it you know, has continued to get better each season with the Trojans. Uh, really good size and length uh and and power and quickness to really be that five technique at the next level. Um, I think what was most surprising was you know the the athleticism that he showed at the at the combine. Ran a very impressive four-seven three forty. Uh, while measuring in at that six five two seventy five, you know I knew he was a good athlete, but I didn't realize he was that good of an athlete. Um, very active defensive end, um, you know fifty five tackles as a sophomore, which tied him for fourth on the team with Dory Jackson. Followed it up with another forty one tackles as a junior, um, and really was just a, a menace behind the line. Twelve and a half tackles for loss, ten sacks. Uh, I think he's got a really quick get off that allows him to to get to the edge off the ball. Um, hands are violent, you know. Uh, good technique in getting uh, the lineman's hands off of him. I think uh, against Ohio State in the in the Cotton Bowl, he was able to club Billy Price off the ball, then showed a burst to close right up the middle, right up the gut, and uh, and sack J.T. Barrett. You know, I think he does a good job converting his speed to power to drive his man back into the backfield and uh, definitely uses his length um, to get his hands up in the passing lanes as he's have uh, batted down eight passes in his career. I think that's something that the, the Trojan defenders do a very good job about. We'll be talking about in, uh, Uchenna Nwosu um, here in just a minute. You know, He's somebody who is probably the master at that, but Rasheem Green, in three years, eight pass breakups from the defensive end position, not too shabby at all. Um, you know, I think he has some work to do. Um, because he is predictable on his pass moves or pass rush moves, and I think he can get washed down the line on some of the down blocks. Um, but I think he's really just scratching the surface of his potential, and I think he could be an early contributor and probably be a starter there for for Denver. Number four on my list is uh Sam Hubbard out of Ohio State. Six five, two hundred and seventy pounds, junior going number 49 overall to the Colts in my mock draft. Um, you know He racked up 17 sacks in three seasons with the Buckeyes. I think he shows a pretty good blend of speed and power off the edge. Good you know, initial burst off the ball. Um, you know, he can bend a little bit, but uh, I think he'll set up the, the tackle by faking outside and then taking an inside pat to the quarterback. I think really his best attribute is his hands. Um, you know, he's able to really slap the, the tackle's hands and, and get off the blocks and get up the field. Um, not quite as, as good with his hands as, as Joey Bosa, but you know he's, he's pretty solid when it comes to using, uh, using his hands. I think he has the strength to set the edge against the run, um, force running back back inside. You know, he is a bit stiff, turning the corner and ran just a 4.840 at his pro day, which is okay, but not great. Um, you know I think he benefited a lot from playing on a stacked line there with the Buckeyes and uh, often had a free run to the quarterback. But uh, I think it's his technique and his effort that uh, is going to allow him to to make make a living playing, uh, you know, a, a you know defensive end in a four three defense. I really don't see him being the athlete to play as a, a stand up stand up uh, rusher off the edge, but I think he'll be a solid uh, forty three D end at the at the next level. My number five defensive end. Comes to us from the University of Miami. Chad Thomas, 6'6", 281 pounds, had him go number 89 overall to Tennessee. Now, you, you look at that size, he definitely looks the part, and I think he uses his size to dominate the point of attack. Really has a high motor and never gives up on a play, um, and, and really does you know show a good job chasing the ball down from behind. Um, I think he's a terror against the run. You know, he racked up 26 tackles for loss for his career. um, With 23 and a half of those coming in his final two seasons with the Hurricanes. Um, But I I think what really was surprising was he lacked the production getting after the quarterback. You know, he was really predictable with his pass pass rush moves. And, you know, his pad level would creep up and get too high as a pass rusher. Um, You know, he always seemed to be around the play. But he wasn't always the guy making the play. And uh, so I think he could have had even better numbers and been more productive had uh, you know had he you know really played played with more consistency. And I think that's something that when he gets to the NFL level, some of the NFL coaches working with him, you know, he could be a better pro than he was a college player. Which I think the same can be said for number the the guy who's number six on my list, and that's Breland speaks, uh, 6'3, 283 pounds uh, out of Mississippi. Have the junior going, number 91, to the Saints in my mock draft. Um, he's really a sleeper, you know, and, and because you know he played all over the defensive line, both at defensive end and defensive tackle. Um, you know, he finished fourth on the team in tackles with 61. You know, has really good movement skills. Uh, I think he slides, you know, moves well laterally. Can chase down the play from behind. Um, he's very raw, rushing the passer, but still managed to uh, record seven sacks as a junior. Um, so really, you know, I'd be curious to see what, what he can do when he actually develops some pass rush moves. I I think he has similar size, uh, to, to Cameron Jordan. So I, I think he's someone that, uh, will benefit from playing alongside the the pro bowler there. And, uh, you know, if you're looking for a sleeper in the draft, like I said, this guy, maybe this may be the guy, you know, I think he's got some upside, has some versatility, you know, to make plays all over the defensive line. Um, so he's somebody to definitely keep an eye on. You know he could be he could be a defensive end in both a four three and in a 34 defense um, possibly even slide inside to tackle on on passing downs and rush uh, rush the passer you know from the inside. Um, I'm definitely looking forward to seeing what uh, Brilliant Speaks can do at the next level. My number seven defensive end is the Hand out of Alabama. six4 uh, 297 pounds actually have him going number 78 overall to Kansas City. Has elite size and length for the defensive end position, um, which I think really generated a lot of the buzz around him coming into the 2017 season, despite just being a rotational player uh, to that point. I think his production was very underwhelming. You know, he finished with just 27 tackles, three sacks, three and a half tackles for loss. You know, Though you know, part of that could have been due to the, the MCL sprain, That only allowed him to play in ten games during the season, but uh, you know he was one that everyone was hyping up to be the guy at defensive end, and you really just didn't see the production there. You know, I I was expecting to see some of that big play potential that I think everyone was expecting from him. It really wasn't much of a pass rusher, um, though. You did see him, you know, uh, show some ability to get off blocks um, while using his hands in one-on-one drills at the Senior Bowl but I think he's someone who's going to take up some space um, and hold their ground against the run, and I think KC's looking for, for guys that can that can do that. Uh, Kansas City was one of the worst teams against the run a season ago, so they're going to be looking for guys who can uh, eat up some space and allow those outside linebackers to make some plays. Um, I think that'd be a good fit for him. Number eight on my list is Duke Edgiofor. Out of Wake Forest, 64 264 pounds have him coming off the board in the fourth round. Um, he's been injured since the close of the season with a, a you know, he had a procedure on his shoulder. Um, but I think he has excellent length with uh, arms just under 35 inches, uh, 43 tackles for loss and uh, 23 and a half sacks in his career. Uh, really good burst. I think he uses his hands well and you'll see a variety of pass rush moves, especially the the, the patented swim move. Um, he's got a tight swim move that, or excuse me, tight spin move, uh, coming off blocks to get back into the inside. Um, I think he can set the edge against the run. Uses his length to get off blocks and make plays behind the line of scrimmage. Uh, I think his lack of explosiveness is also going to drop him to day three, along with the issues with the shoulder, because people really haven't gotten to see him much during this uh, pre-draft process. But I think he's someone who can tr- uh, contribute at the next level. Um, you know. Granted, he's got to make sure that uh, he's healthy and, and clears all of the medicals. So let's take a look at number nine, uh, Kimoko Ture out of Rutgers. I have him going uh, number one, uh, 100 overall to the Bengals. He's 6'5", 253 pounds. Only played two years of high school football, so he's still relatively raw as a pass rusher. I think he's got really tight hips, can't really bend, uh, bend around the edge. But he's really explosive off the ball has good length to keep his keep the blockers at bay and uh, really a relentless motor to the quarterback you know tallied uh, 15 and a half sacks in his career though he really failed to replicate the the first season at Rutgers where he had seven and a half sacks as a freshman you know he's a developmental prospect I think he's someone who needs to learn from someone who's experienced and, and productive as a pass rusher and I think the Bengals, would be a good fit for him because he'd be able to learn from the likes of Carlos Dunlap and, and Michael Johnson. Uh, rounding out my top 10, Taquan Lewis, Ohio State, 6'3, 265 pounds, ran in the 4'6s um, at his pro day, uh, 36 and a half tackles for loss, 23 and a half sacks in his career, very productive career. I think he's strong at the point with an excellent bull rush, um, he's stiff in his hips, not much of a bender. Uh, can set the edge and, and you know against the run and, and get after the quarterback a little bit. You know he was a rotational guy uh, at Ohio State. I think he's somebody who will offer some pass rush ability and a guy who can set the edge. Um, you know he'll probably you know he can play either in a three three four or a forty three. Um, so he has some some versatility to the scheme as well. You know, he's somebody who might even kick inside and uh, rush the passer from the inside a little bit. So some other players to keep an eye on at the defensive end position. Uh, Jalen Holmes out of Ohio State, 65, 270 pounds. This was a guy who definitely looks the part of a, an NFL defensive end, but really lacked production overall. You know excellent length, but just managed 14 tackles for loss, five sacks and five pass breakups uh, in, in his career with the Buckeyes. And you know, he was playing on a stacked line, yes but he really never st- stood out. You know, Is he going to be a guy who's going to be able to transition to the next level and start making plays? And that's really you know, a, a question you know, a question mark for me. I don't know that he's going to be able to do that. You know, So I think, to me, he falls into day three, and if someone can get this kid motivated, they may have something. Uh, Andrew Brown out of uh, Virginia, 6'4", 296 pounds. I think he may be best as a 3'4 defensive end. You know, he definitely has the power to drive his man into the backfield. He can set the edge against the run. Definitely works really hard to the football. Twenty-three and a half sacks, uh, or excuse me, twenty-three and a half tackles for loss in the last two seasons. Nine and a half sacks, but just three and a half last year. I think really up and down production. I think people were really expecting him to, you know, make some strides this year. And uh, you know, as a playmaker, and you really didn't get to see a whole lot of that. Um, Marcel Frazier out of Missouri. 6'4", 260 pounds. Surprised that he wasn't uh, invited to the combine. You know, 30 tackles for loss, 16 and a half sacks. Another 18 quarterback hurries, 7 pass breakups. uh, Very stiff in the hips. You know, a lot of the Missouri um, pass rushers are stiff-hipped, but uh, very quick uh, burst off the ball, relentless with great handwork. uh, Sheds blocks easily and can win late. He's somebody who I think could be a 4th, 5th round pick. And uh, be a productive pass rusher. Uh, give you a couple other names. Joe Ostman, uh, Central Michigan, 6'3, Also not invited to the combine. Very average athlete, but uh, an endless motor. 26 total sacks, including an FBS leading 14 a year ago. Uh, pursues the ball very well. Keeps working to make a play. 14 and a half tackles for loss which means he spends a lot of time in opposing backfields he's somebody who just keeps coming and every time you turn around joe ostman is in the backfield again um uh, ade aruna out of twain 6'6 270 pounds he's very raw um, but he's a tremendous athlete 4'6 40 38 and and a half inch vertical at the combine you know for a guy 6'6", 270 pounds, that's, you know, that, that uh, is pretty impressive. I think he's someone who could get drafted late, potentially a priority free agent, really a developmental prospect that uh, someone could stash away as they work with him. And then if you're looking for uh, a small school name, uh, how about Zach Sealer out of uh, Ferris State? Excellent size, 6'6", 290 pounds. You know, he, forgo- uh, you know, he forgoes the senior season. So I-, I was trying to see whatever I could find on this guy and it was it wasn't easy to find the, the game film but 29.5 uh, 29 and a half tackles for loss and 19 and a half sacks as a sophomore followed that up with 21 uh, tackles for loss and seven sacks as a junior uh, the game film that I watched he was relentless to the quarterback used his hands well to get off blocks excellent length you know attacks the outside shoulder of the tackle and uh you know will get in off the edge and force a quarterback up in the pocket if he's not able to bring him down himself He's very stiff in the hips, so he's not too much of a bender. But uh, I think he has a good burst once he does flatten out. Um, I think he's someone who could find his way onto a roster uh, with that size and length. I just don't know if he's going to be drafted or if he's going to be someone who's going to be picked up as a free agent. Um, But someone to keep an eye on. So we'll transition now to the defensive tackle position. And number one on my board is Vita Vea out of Washington. Washington. 6'4", 347 pounds, had him go number uh, 11 overall to the Dolphins, and he could fall possibly to number number 17 to the Chargers. So that's really where his range is, 11 to 17. And I think it's really incredible to think that this massive, you know, massive guy uh, was once a high school running back when you first see him step onto the field. He's just a mammoth human being. Uh, then you see how agile you know, he is. I mean, he's just a freakish athlete. You begin to understand why he draws comparisons to a Um you know I think he put a impressive performance on at the at the combine for a guy his size even though it was cut short by hamstring injury, ran a 5140 uh, which is incredibly fast for a guy again 64, 347 pounds. Um, I think he also showed off his strength by by posting 41 reps uh, of 225 in the bench press. And uh, when you look at that performance, it reminded me a lot of, of Dontari Poe when he came out of Memphis. He was 6'4", 346 pounds, ran a 49840, uh, had 44 reps in the bench press, and the Chiefs took him 11 overall in uh, the 2012 draft. And I think the comparisons really don't stop there. Their numbers are very similar. You know, Right around 100 tackles, um, double-digit tackles for loss. And, uh, you know, both could get after the passer and, and, uh, you know, they had four and five, you know, pass breakups. So very similar numbers. You know, I I think Vea just has that that raw power and incredible explosiveness and agility for his size. You know, very sudden off the ball, uses that quick burst and an arm over uh, to get early penetration. You know, very stout at the point of attack, uses his size and power to take on multiple blockers. A tremendous power in his hands, and uh, he'll drive a man back. Um, you know, and he does a good job standing his man up off the bat, off off the snap as well. Then able to shed that block and disrupt the run play behind the line of scrimmage. Just don't underestimate his lateral quickness. You know, this is a guy who can move down the line, chases the ball to the perimeter, and uh, you know, I think the Dolphins right now are lacking a, a space eater. It could be that interior presence now that Indomik Sue is is in L.A with the Rams, um, I think Vea can affect both the run and the pass. Um, so I think that uh, versatility is going to get him drafted as the first defensive tackle. Uh, number two on my list is, is uh, Darren Payne. Uh, Darren Payne out of uh, Alabama, 6'2", 311 pounds. Have him go number 17 to the Chargers, but he can go potentially you know number 21 to the Bengals. Uh, he played nose tackle for the Crimson Tide, but I think he offers some traits that can also allow him to slide over to a three technique in a 4-3. Um, you know, I think he's someone that can definitely address the middle of the defense for the Chargers especially. Definitely a known commodity as a run stuffer. Um, does a tremendous job firing off the ball, keeps a low pad level, um, gets his hands quickly um, on the offensive lineman to get off the block. I think he not only plugs up the holes and takes up space, but he has that short area burst to shoot the gaps and make a play on the ball carrier behind the line. Now he didn't have uh, you know very many pass rush situations, but I think he made the most of his opportunities. Surprisingly agile for his size, speed was verified at the combine at, by running a 49540. 40. Um, you know explosiveness, quick hands allowed him to win at the point of attack, and then the burst to close on the quarterback. Uh, you know Payne I think could also convert his speed to power, drive his man back into the backfield. And, uh, you know, he plays with tremendous effort as well. You know, 53 tackles a season go good for six on the team. Pretty impressive for a guy playing the nose tackle position. And then, obviously, who could forget the Sugar Bowl, where he picked off Kelly Bryant, you know, picked it uh, off of a, a hit by Anthony Jennings, picked the ball out of the air, uh, only to haul in a one-yard touchdown reception just a few plays later after lining up at fullback. Um, you know, so you know, I would expect Payne to be a guy who uh, is going to get some playing time early in his career. And number three, um, you know, this is where I think you know, you, you, you start looking more at potential than, than anything else. Number three, you're looking at Taven Bryan out of Florida, 6'4", 291 pounds. The junior, I have him going number 26 to the Falcons. He's raw but explosive. You know, I think he uh, he's someone who wins with leverage off the ball. Uh, quick sm- sw- uh, swim move to get early penetration into the backfield. Um, I think his speed was also shown at the combine, ran a sub uh, 540 for a guy, 6'4", 291 pounds, uh, is, is pretty impressive, You know, good lateral quickness for his size to beat the block and arrive at the hole ahead of the running back, you know, I think he's relentless in pursuit of the ball carrier, um, can chase him down from behind, does a good job converting speed to power, You know, able to bench press this man to get off the ball, um, you know, but despite being such an explosive athlete with above average upper body strength, it's a lack of lower, lower body strength you know, and really the, that strength in his legs that gets him into trouble. You know, if he stays engaged with an interior lineman, he struggles to, uh, to get any penetration and any movement, he'll often get driven back. But I, I think you know the other thing too is is this was a guy who basically had a one track mind. He was looking to get up the field as quickly as possible, very explosive burst. You know, very impressive to get up the field. But uh, you know, a lot of times he would run by the play because, again, one track mind. I'm getting up the field. I'm getting to the quarterback. And uh, you know, I, I think that speaks to him being raw, still learning the position a little bit. Um, so I think he's his play initially at the next level is going to be limited. But because of that athleticism, because of that explosiveness, I think he's somebody who could uh, be a starter, you know, be a productive starter once he he starts working with some of those NFL coaches. At number four, I've got uh, Maurice Hurst out of Michigan, 6'2", 292 pounds. Have him go number 33 overall to Cleveland right now. I think he still has a chance to be a top 25 pick. Uh, but he wasn't able to compete at the Combine, you know, due to that heart condition uh, that also plagued, uh, you know, started low 2 LA. Um, he was diagnosed with that same heart condition prior to the 2013 draft, but uh, was given a clean, full, you know, clean bill of health and ultimately was selected 14 overall by the Panthers. Uh, two years earlier, Nick Fairley had the same heart condition. He fell to number 13 overall to the Lions. Unfortunately, uh, his playing career was ultimately cut short due to that condition. I think that may scare some teams, you know, and that might uh, ultimately drop Maurice Hurst to the second round. Um, But again, he's been cleared, you know, and and, medically cleared, so that's one thing the teams still have to take into consideration. Um, You know, I I think what, you know, has been impressive for him is, is he's got one of the most explosive first steps in this draft. Uses his quickness, low pad level off the ball to get early penetration into the backfield, converts speed to power to drive his man back and disrupt run plays, and also collapse the, the pocket against the pass. Um, he was largely a reserve until his senior season, but still managed to finish with uh, 32 tackles for loss and 13 and a half sacks from the defensive tackle position. And, you know, he's another tackle, you know, it sounds you know, like a broken record here, but another defensive tackle, very active along the interior of the line, finishing sixth on the Wolverines uh, with uh, 59 tackles. You know, he's someone who, like I said, could be a first-round pick and someone could get, uh, you know, a very quality player in the second round just due to the, the medical condition. Uh, number five on my list is, is Harrison Phillips. Out of Stanford, 6'4", 307 pounds. I have him coming off the board number 41 overall to the Raiders. Combination of quickness and strength, I think, is really what uh, what jumps off when you watch him. He may not be easily blocked um, because of his low pad level. I think he understands angles and has tremendous balance. And much of that can be attributed to the fact that he was, you know, his high school wrestling career. he was an undefeated uh, three state uh, three time state champ as a heavyweight wrestler. I think that really translates to what's he what he does out on the football field. He's incredibly strong at the point of attack, absorbs blockers and takes up a lot of space. You know the forty two reps uh, of two twenty five in the bench press at the combine was most of any player. Um, you know he does a good job bench pressing the, the offensive guard at the point of attack. So I think that was really uh, you know a, a skill of his. And then showed the really a quick burst to shoot the gap and get into the backfield. And when he locks out his arms, he can physically manhandle the blocker, drive him into the backfield, disrupt a play right as the ball is snapped. Um, you know, for as stout as he is at the point of attack, he's also surprisingly agile for his size. Uh, very impressive short area burst. You know, he can beat interior linemen off the ball with a quick first step. It has an even quicker swim move to blow up play uh, before it really gets going. And I think it's rare to see a defensive tackle that actually leads the team in tackles. That's really what happened here for the past season as as Harrison Phillips uh, led the Cardinal with 98 tackles. 98 tackles. You usually see that out of a defensive backer, possibly a linebacker, but not at the defensive tackle position. Uh, He also led the team with 7.5 sacks, 17 uh, tackles for loss. Simply put, Harrison Phillips was absolutely dominant at times. I think his playmaking ability is going to be... um, welcomed by the Raiders who needs, you know, they need someone um, up front with, with Khalil Mack. My number six defensive tackle, Tim Settle out of Virginia Tech. The redshirt sophomore is uh, 6'3", 329 pounds. Have him going number 54 overall to KC. KC is very, very much in need of a nose tackle. And, uh, you know, I think they'd be getting a guy with some rare athleticism for a man his size and uh, can dominate the point of attack. Has power to not only take on double teams, but also drive them back into the backfield. Um, has a pretty good burst off the ball to get some early penetration into the backfield. Um, very active in his two seasons with the Hokies. Racked up 19 and a half tackles for loss and four sacks. Um, could have used another year of development before entering the draft, but I think some of the, the physical talents, uh, something that the Chiefs or any other team uh, looking for a, a nose tackle would be excited about. My number seven defensive tackle is is B.J. Hill out of NC State. Uh, Bradley Jubb's teammate, uh, checked in at 6'4", 311 pounds. Have him going off the board, number 82 overall to the Lions. I think he wins with a good burst off the ball and an ability to shoot gaps and get in the backfield in a hurry. I think he can bend around the edge a little bit, relentless in his pursuit of the ball. Uh, He chases ball carriers down from behind pretty well also pretty active for defensive tackle 55 tackles uh, good for seventh on the on the roster there for the wolf pack you know he plays with when he plays with leverage he can really drive his man back with with, with some some good power but too often he just plays with that at high pad level you know which really nullifies any of his bursts limits his effectiveness so I think that's really what you saw with with BJ Hill if you can keep him keep his pad level low and just really get let you know allow him to fire low off the ball I think he's someone who could definitely make some plays at the next level. That's just the problem is he, he wasn't consistent enough at the next level to, or excuse me, at the collegiate level to really be a guy who uh, you know can you know who's really going to rise up draft boards. I think he'll probably be a third or fourth round draft pick. And like I said, I've got him going off off the board number eighty two overall to the Lions. Uh, my number eight defensive tackle is a guy from Little Fort Hayes State. Nathan Shepard, 315 pounds. Um, have him going off the board in the third round to the Arizona Cardinals. You know this—he was a you know Division One star coming from Canada. Uh, showed up as a two hundred pound linebacker, put over put on over a hundred pounds uh, during his career. You know, and still moves a lot like a linebacker. Uh, incredibly disruptive as an interior lineman. You know, a third of his thirty-eight tackles went for loss. A season ago, uh, 12 and a half tackles for loss and all. Um, movement skills were also apparent with his, his burst off the ball, ability to shoot gaps, uh, flow through traffic in a hurry, very violent with his hands, knows how to finish. You know, I, I didn't know too much about him before the combine, but uh, he absolutely looked the part there at Indy. Um, Chisel physique, not much body fat, ran a 509.40 and looked very fluid in the drills. Uh, Showed good lateral agility and and quick change of direction skills, some fluid hips. You know, he's definitely raw, may not be able to fully contribute just yet, but uh, he's a guy who I think could uh, either play defensive tackle or possibly with the movement skills be a a five technique at the next level. Um, You know, he was someone that, you know, like I said, I, I didn't really know too much about him. You know, and then I saw him at the Combine and, and had to get some film on him and really get a get a chance to watch him. And uh, he's somebody who I think could be a, a real sleeper here. Um, you know, and I think if Arizona's able to get him, you'd have somebody who would remind you a little bit of, of Calais Campbell. Some other guys to keep an eye on at the defensive tackle position. Uh, Dredren Sanat out of South Florida, six foot, 314 pounds, five one six forty at the Combine. Uh, I could see him as a three technique at the next level. You know, 23 and a half tackles for loss. Thought he showed an ability to get after the quarterback. Uh, good burst off the ball. Six sacks as a senior. I think he's an early day three pick. Derek Nadi of Florida State, 6'1", 317 pounds, really a bowling ball inside. Really gets a good push up front. Could be an anchor in a four three or a, a 34 defense. Um, you know, as he did for the Seminoles. 24 and a half, uh, 24 tackles for loss, 11 and a half sacks. You know, he lacks uh, ideal size, but he's just difficult to block one on one inside. RJ McIntosh uh, from Miami, 6'4, 286 pounds out of Miami. Um, You know, the the junior probably would have been best to have come back for a senior year. You know, he had 23 tackles for loss, disruptive against a run. I think he takes on multiple blockers and moves well. Not really a great pass rusher, never really finished. He you has know, two and a half sacks in each of his last two seasons, but uh, I think he does a good job getting his hands up at, you know, in the passing lane at least with nine uh, pass breakups. you know, He could be a, you know, a three technique in a 4-3 or a 3-4 defensive end. I think he's just going to need a little bit of time to develop. Someone who could come off the board late um, you know, is, is the athletic James Looney out of Cal, 6'3", 287 pounds, probably going to be a 3-4 defensive end. Um, good athlete though, ran a 4. 8, 40, 28 reps at uh, in the bench press, uh, thirty half a thirty five and a half inch vertical leap, uh, athletic made plays behind the line, relentless motor, good pursuit ability. Um, and I'm going to give you two small school stars to keep an eye on. Uh, P.J. Hall, six foot three hundred and ten pounds out of Sam Houston State. You want to talk about some stats? Here's some stats for you: eighty six and a half tackles for loss. 42 sacks, nine forced fumbles, four interceptions, 29 pass breakups, nearly 300 tackles. This guy has a three technique, you know, and I think his game is similar to Geno Atkins. You know, not 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 the biggest guy in terms of height, um, but a guy who's definitely explosive. You know, they're they're the small he's a small school guy, so there are some some questions about the competition, but you know that he can make plays behind the line of scrimmage. So he's somebody to definitely keep an eye on. Could be a fourth round pick. Don't know that he can sneak up into, into day two, but I wouldn't be surprised. And then uh, Delaware's Bilal Nichols, 6'4", 306 pounds, 129 tackles, 18 for loss, 12 sacks in his career. Uh, they spoke at length you know, at the East-West Shrine game about his inconsistent motor. But in that game, you saw some of the uh, the, the disruptiveness. Uh, screen pass was thrown, came downhill to, to put a swim move on the left guard, uh, gets upfield to the quarterback as he's trying to throw, forced a fumble, and uh, safety, uh, Natrell Jamerson out of, out of Wisconsin, picked it up and returned it for a touchdown. Uh, you know, at 6'4, 306 pounds, you know, he uh, had a four nine five forty and put up 29 reps at 225 in the bench press. So if someone can actually get him to have a, a consistent motor, then uh, you may have a player on uh, on your hands at the next level. So we're going to go ahead and take a look at a quick time check here, see where we're at. So we've got a little bit of time left. We're going to go ahead and take a look at the outside linebackers, break them down just a little bit. Number one, you know, number one and number two, really it should be uh, one one A and one B. But, uh, you know, my number one outside linebacker, Tremaine Edmonds out of Virginia Tech, 6'5", 253 pounds. Junior, I have him going number 10 overall to the Raiders. Um you know, he's only 19 years old. Um, you know, and he's 6'5, 253 pounds, very lean. Um, I'd be interested to see what uh, an NFL franchise could do, uh, you know, an NFL weight program uh could do with that frame, especially with a, a 19-year-old who's still uh maturing. You know, it'll be interesting uh, to really see what happens. You know, um I think he can put on more size without compromising his athleticism. You know, 108 tackles, 14 and a half behind the line, five and a half sacks. But really, what's impressive is you know he's got tremendous length, 34 and a half inch arms, allows him to quickly get off blocks. Has a lateral quickness to scrape and stalk with ease. Uh, he's a sideline to sideline player for sure. Uh, tremendous range and change of direction skills. Um, I think teams have to run at him because otherwise he's going to turn and run and chase down the ball carrier from behind. Definitely a fluid mover. Uh, the ability to, to cover running backs and defense, uh, running backs and tight ends. Uh, uses his length to really be disruptive in the in the passing game as well. You know, I think he could be a play uh, playmaker at the next level. I think he'd be a nice fit um running around with uh with Khalil Mack. At uh number two, or I should say one B with my outside linebackers is, is Harold Landry out of Boston College. 6'3, 252 pounds. I have him going number 20 overall to the Lions. But uh, you know, keep an eye on the Packers at number fourteen, especially if Marcus Davenport is off the board. I think that's a place that uh, that you could see uh, Harold Landry coming off the board. You know, we we know that uh, you know, Matt Patricia ran a hybrid style, uh, you know, four three and a three four, um, which makes a lot of sense for for Harold Landry. Um, he also played two seasons under the Lions' new defensive coordinator, Paul Pasqualoni. So you could see the Lions potentially even make a a trade up in the draft to potentially land uh, Harold Landry. Keep an eye on that. But I think Landry was you know the type of player who proved that he could play with his hand in the dirt, and also had the athleticism to be a stand-up rusher. You know, 25 career sacks, and uh, you know led the led the nation as a junior. But an ankle injury really slowed his production, really kind of extinguished a lot of the hype that was built up. When uh, you know he registered those sixteen and a half sacks, and when healthy, I think he's easily the most explosive edge rusher in this draft. Um, you know, lines up in a sprinter stance, gets you know he's that four point stance, and really allows him to explode off the ball. And usually, he was the first player out of his stance when the ball was snapped. I put it, put it in slow motion, and uh, you know, more often than not, he was the first guy coming out of his stance off the edge. Natural bender. Uh, shows the ability to dip his inside shoulder and get around underneath the tackle's pad level when he's turned in the corner. Very skilled with his hands. Um, you know he chops the offensive tackle's hands off the ball. Um, you know and once he bends around the edge, you know he's very quick to flatten out, get to the quarterback in a hurry. And he's not only looking to sack the quarterback, but he's looking to make that impact play. You know recorded ten forced fumbles in his career with the Golden Eagles. You know his explosiveness isn't limited to his get off. You know he does a great job taking his man up the field and using that secondary move to cross the face of the tackle, get back inside and put pressure on the quarterback. You know, I, I think you know, if the Lions were able to land him, you'd pair him up with Ziggy Ansah and Matt Patricia gets a dynamic pair of edge rushers that he's looking for. Number three on the list is uh, Arden Key out of LSU. 6'6", 238 pounds, the junior. I have him going number 50 overall to the Cowboys. The Cowboys like to take some chances in the second round, and I think this would be a guy that you'd definitely see them doing that with. Um, you know, he, He's someone who racked up 20 sacks in his career for the Tigers, and 11 of those coming during his sophomore season. Definitely a twitchy player with uh, excellent flexibility to, to bend off the edge. Um, I think he explodes off the ball, can dip that inside shoulder, fluid hips, turn the corner in a hurry. Um, but his play—he's—he's he's really a head scratcher. He'll look dominant on one play, and then very disinterested the next. Uh, tendency to disappear in games, can get engulfed by offensive tackles if he doesn't win off the ball. Um, you know, and he's someone who also, um, you know, had, had some issues. You know, some people think he might be a head case. Some of those off-field issues that he's gonna have to answer to. Um, I think his inconsistency too also has to remind teams of another LSU Tiger, Markevius Mingo. You know, the two have similar measurables and posted uh, comparable stats at LSU. Mingo was the number six pick in the 2013 draft, but really has yet to make an impact, recording just nine sacks in five seasons. So, buyer beware with with Arden Key. Um, I think he's definitely going to fall to day two. You know, but I think the value becomes worth the risk for for a, a team, especially like the Cowboys. You know, they they opted to use the franchise tag on Demarcus Lawrence for the 2018 season. They need to ask add pass rushers on their roster. Um, you know, especially if they're not able to sign ultimately sign Lawrence to a long-term deal. Um, you know, defensive tackle David Irving, you know, added seven sacks, but Tyrone Crawford and Taco Charlton really didn't make the impact that Dallas was expecting. So I think Arden Key would be a nice fit for there for for the Cowboys uh, on day two, which then brings me to Chenowethoosu, number four on my list. Uh, you know, out of USC, six three, two hundred fifty one pounds, number fifty seven overall to the Titans. Uh, he developed into the leader of the Trojan defense in 2017 and was one of the most consistent players on that team. He racked up nine sacks, 11 and a half tackles for loss, and his uh, 75 tackles finished fifth on the team. Uh, really does a good job timing the snap count. Sometimes he'll get flagged for an offsides here and there, but I think he gets a good jump off the ball. Very explosive um, to get off the edge. He's always working to get to the ball and uh, he's relentless in pursuit of the quarterback, uses his hands very well. Uh, I think that's one of the things that USC is well-coached um, to play with their hands. Um, and I think really what's most impressive is his ability to get his hand in the passing lane. Uh, knocked down an, an impressive 13 passes a season ago at outside linebacker. Um, using his length and uh, some in exceptional timing to leap and knock passes down. You know, he'd just read the quarterback's eyes, really get a good feel, even if he were rushing the passer um, you know, He'd realize that he's not going to be able to get to the quarterback when he's making the throw, so he'd jump into the passing lane, bat a pass down, really would make a, you know, a huge difference off the edge for the Trojans in that way. I think he's somebody who's going to see the field early because of his versatility to affect the pass in so many different ways, um, and I think the Titans could definitely use another edge rusher, so that makes a lot of sense. Number five on my list... Lorenzo Carter out of Georgia, 6'6, 250 pounds. Have the junior going number 60 overall to the Steelers. Definitely has a rare blend of speed and size for the linebacker position, which allows him to cover a lot of ground in a hurry. You figure 6'6, moves very well, ran a 4'5 40. Um, you know, long strider who's definitely gonna eat up, eat up yards in a in a hurry. Very fluid athlete. Um you know, and I said that four five, 40 That was the second fastest time among linebackers at the combine. Uh, his length allows him to cover the field sideline to sideline. Also, set the edge against the run. I think he's got a good, uh, quick get off, um, and has the athleticism to dip that inside shoulder and be a legitimate pass rusher on the outside. Uh, knows what to do when he arrives at the football. Having recorded six uh, forced fumble, um, six forced fumbles, and also recovered six in his career yeah but what's puzzling though, is production didn't match the athleticism. In his four seasons with the Bulldogs, he never posted numbers totaling more than sixty two tackles, five sacks, um, or eight tackles for loss for for any one season. you know and and his thin frame really kept him from setting the edge, and he really wasn't able to be a physical presence, which had something to do with some of that reduced output. You know and if defenders uh, or blockers did get into his body, then he struggled to get off blocks as well. Um, I think the Steelers, you know, if they can put him in space, he'll be able to make a ton of plays, um, you know, while he's still filling out that frame. Number six on my outside linebacker list is Darius Leonard at South Carolina State. 6'2, uh, 237 pounds. I have him going number 67 overall to Indianapolis. It was an instinctive linebacker, sideline to sideline range, racked up uh, in incre- <laughs> really impressive tackle numbers at South Carolina State. Um, You know, he's lining up against FCS competition, but, you know, he showed that he could quickly diagnose plays, close well to the ball, avoiding blocks, and and quickly getting uh, into the backfield. You know, he can come downhill, fill holes, but also has a lot of agility and burst to get outside on perimeter runs. Uh, He did run a pedestrian 4.740 at the Combine, but I think his play speed was much quicker because he trusts his eyes. You know, he he finished his collegiate career with 381 tackles, including back-to-back 100 tackle seasons. He wasn't challenged too much in coverage, but I think he showed pretty good hips to turn and run. Did have 13 pass breakups in his career. Um, proved he could also get to the quarterback, having recorded eight sacks as a senior, uh, which adds I think another level to his versatility. You know, his lack of size means he could get overpowered, and I think that's definitely a, an obvious concern. But uh, I think the versatile uh, the versatility would allow him to be a, a starter early for the Colts. You know, the Colts are transitioning to a 4-3 defense which I think you know will use this draft to overhaul their personnel to fit their scheme. And I think Darius Leonard would be a guy who would be a great fit. Number seven is uh, Obani Okoronkwo uh, out of Oklahoma, 6'1", 253 pounds. Have him going 69 overall to the Giants, and uh, Oboe is definitely a speed rusher off the edge. 17 sacks in his final two seasons with the Sooners. Has the flexibility to bend around the edge, and once he flattens out, you know, he just keeps coming to the quarterback. Um, you know, also sets up outside, looking to cross the face of the tackle and shoot back inside to pressure the quarterback. Um, you know, he can get in, engulfed, he can get driven back at the point of attack. I think he does use his uh, his quickness to get outside the force run plays back inside. I think he's someone who's going to be you know counted on to you know provide an infusion of speed off the edge to get after the passer. And I think that's really where you saw a lot of his plays. I think he struggled, like I said, setting the edge. And uh, he'd get engulfed and you know struggled to get off blocks at times, but he's definitely someone who is a an accomplished pass rusher. Number eight on my list is Link Jefferson out of Texas, 6'3, 236 pounds. Uh, I have the junior going off the board, third round to the Bengals. Um, you know, the, the Bengals need to address the position. You know, Montez was suspended with PED usage. And uh, they also need an upgrade at Nick Vigil at the other starting spot. So I think linebacker is going to be a key for, uh, for the Bengals in this draft. Malik Jefferson makes a lot of sense. You know, I think he came to Texas as a really highly touted five-star recruit. Expectations were very high. Started nine of his 11 games as a freshman. You know, Finished his first game with two-and-a-half tackles for loss against Notre Dame. Uh, was named a Big 12 uh, freshman of the year. Um, but I think a concu- you know, concussion really limited his success as a sophomore and he really uh, seemed to struggle at times at at, uh, middle linebacker. I think the instincts just weren't there to play on the inside. Um, So when Tom Herman came to Austin, I I think he and defensive coordinator Todd Orlando moved him outside to really allow him to just make plays, just fly around to the ball. really think he seemed to to flourish there. Uh, Led the team with 110 tackles, four sacks, 10 tackles for loss. Um, Like I said, lacked the instincts to play on the inside. Overall awareness was questionable because – he got blocked way too easily, and uh, didn't seem to be taking the right angle to the football a lot. But he's absolutely built like an NFL linebacker. has four or five speed, can cover a lot of ground in a hurry. Uh, has the strength to set the edge in the running game, uh, and, and the fluidity to drop into into coverage. You know, I think his his ability to just read and react um, is similar to Burfict, but he's not coming with any of the baggage. So that's someone that I, I could definitely see um, ultimately taking over. Uh, as, as a starter there for the Bengals. Number nine on the list is uh, Dorrance Armstrong Jr. out of Kansas, 6'4", 257 pounds. Uh, the junior, have him going number 86 overall to the, to the Kansas City Chiefs. Definitely an athletic pass rusher. Very quick off the ball. Bends well off the edge. I think he keeps working to the quarterback. Very, uh, very good motor. Has experience both with his hand in the ground and has a stand-up rusher off the edge. I think he was highly productive as a sophomore in 2016, got to the quarterback 10 times, uh, registered a total of of 20 tackles for loss, really got into the backfield quite a bit, Uh, accelerates quickly around the edge, flattens out, uh, runs down the quarterback in a hurry, has some punch in his hands to to drive the offensive tackle back off the ball, uh, and then steps inside the blocker to shoot into the backfield. Um, Another guy who I think teams are better off just running at him, because he shows really good speed and effort to chase down the ball carrier from the back side. Um, you, you know, I think the big concern was the drop-off in production in 2000, uh, 2017. Managed just two sacks and, and 10 tackles for loss as a junior. Some of that lack of production could have been due to the fact that he saw a lot of double teams. Um, and part of it, too, is that he was overpowered quite a bit and uh, struggled to disengage as a 4-3 defensive end, which is why he really needs to play in space to be effective. Um, you know, but I think he has the pass rush skills uh, to be effective off the edge and be an eventual starter in in Kansas City. Kansas City is a place where uh, you know they they gave up the fifth most passing ru- uh, passing yards with you know two hundred forty seven a year ago. Had just thirty one uh, total sacks, which was twenty fourth in the league. You know, Justin Houston was a force. But, uh, you know, Tom Bahali was, was battling a knee injury, failed to register a sack, and uh, was let go. Um, you know, Ford is a free agent at the end of the 2018 season, D. Ford. Uh, he was largely ineffective a season ago. They need a pass rusher. So that's where I think uh, Dorrance Armstrong is ultimately going to go. Uh, number 10, uh, Shakeem Griffin, Central Florida. 6'1", 227 pounds have him going off the board number 87 overall to the Rams. Rams are going to need uh, some pass rushers, especially at the outside linebacker position. Um, you know they they traded away Robert Quinn. Connor Barwin's a free agent. What are they going to do at the linebacker position? I think that's going to be one of the things that the Rams are going to be keying in on. They don't have a. Uh, this will be their first draft pick unless they look to trade back into the draft. Uh, Shakeem Griffin, one of the most explosive players in this year's draft, and I think it's well documented that he lost his left hand due to a, a prenatal condition, but it hasn't stopped him from being named, you know, the first team All AAC, all AAC uh, the last two seasons. Was named the conference's defensive player of the year in 2016. I think what really jumps off the ball is, or jumps off um, off the tape, is uh, his explosive burst off the ball. You know, the 40 at the combine was the fastest ever by a linebacker. You know he really does a great job shooting into the backfield like you know really he sh- he actually gets into the backfield like he shot out of a cannon. Um, you know despite being undersized he beats the the tackles with speed, has the flexibility to bend uh, around the edge, dips his inside shoulder and gets way under that offensive tackle. And you know, I think the fact that he's just six foot one he really gets low um, and then he flattens out in a hurry to close on the quarterback. You know that that turn is one of the one of the quickest that you'll see in the draft. Uh, racked up 18 and a half tackles, or excuse me, 18 and a half sacks in two seasons with the Golden Knights. Um, but he's just more than just a sack artist. You know he's relentless in his pursuit of the ball carrier in the run game. Can shoot gaps to drop running backs behind the line of scrimmage. Having posted 13, or excuse me, 33 tackles for loss in his career. Also shows some fluidity in in uh, dropping into coverage. Knows how to make plays on the football. Um, you know with 16 pass breakups, four forced fumbles, and five recoveries. You know he is undersized, so he'll you know, struggle to get off some blocks. You know he can't definitely, can't really set the edge too much. But his game's going to be all about speed, and uh, you know he's proven that he's not one to be counted out. He's somebody who could definitely, you know chase the ball down from behind, and it's just that explosiveness, and uh, ability to get up the field in a hurry that's really going to affect the quarterback. I think he's someone that uh, the Rams would, would jump at the chance to get him, if he's there, uh, in the third round. Number 11 on my board is uh, Jerome Baker out of Ohio State. 6'1", 229 pounds. I have him go number 88 overall to, the, to Carolina. He'll remind you a little bit of, of Darren Lee um, as an undersized, uh, undersized outside linebacker. Ran a 5'3", uh, 40 at the Combine, which was good for fourth fastest uh, among the linebackers. Has the athleticism and range to take over as a, as a will linebacker at the next level. Um, fluid athlete at his best when he's able to run free and make plays in space. I think he flies around to the football, good range, uh, quickly covering the field uh, to the sideline, he can work his way back through traffic to get to the football. Um, I think his quickness allows him to shoot gaps, disrupt some run plays before they begin as well. Um, again, 6'1", 229, so he's not uh, much of a thumper. And I think that uh, lack of size you know allows him a you know tendency to to, to get run over at times. But I think he does break break down well in space, wraps up well as well. Um, his athleticism and fluid hips allow him to run with tight ends and running backs and coverage. Has some ability to rush the passer as well. Um, I think you know the Panthers are going to be looking for someone to replace Thomas Davis, who's um, actually suspended for uh, some PED usage. So uh, you know Baker could actually make more of an impact at the wheel linebacker for for the Panthers, playing uh, uh, flying around the ball next to Luke keekley so number 12 on my board is uh, a guy that um, you know, it might be a little high for some, but uh, Jernar uh, Avery out of Memphis, 6'1", 248 pounds. I actually have him number 96 overall to Buffalo. And uh, I think he's one of the more underrated players in this year's draft. You know, He can work his way into a starting role early in his career. 21-game uh, starter for the Tigers but I think he filled up the stat sheets. 152 tackles, 23 and a half for loss, 13 sacks, five pass breakups, two forced fumbles, proved to be a workout warrior at the Combine, 5'9", uh, 40, 36-inch vertical leap, repped out 225, 26 times in the bench press, played multiple positions for Memphis, both inside and out. Um, showed he can play both the run and the pass, good instincts against the run, takes the proper angle to the football, Physical tackler knows how to wrap up well. I think he can blitz off the edge. Uh, Had an ability to bend around the corner a little bit and flatten to the quarterback. I think he can drop into coverage, closes quickly on the ball to prevent any yards after catch. And, uh, you know, Buffalo I think would be a good fit. You know, Lorenzo Alexander is 34 years of age. He'll be an unrestricted free agent at the end of the season, which means Buffalo has to be looking for a Sam backer to be his eventual replacement. I think Avery is a three down linebacker. Who has a chance to be on the field early and be an eventual replacement for, uh, for Alexander. A few more names to, uh, to keep an eye on uh, Hercules Mataafa, um, best name in, uh, in college football uh, out of Washington State, 47 tackles for loss and 22 and a half sacks, um, including 22 and a half tackles for loss and 10 and a half sacks uh, as a junior. Uh, in 2017. you know he's a defensive tackle at uh, at Washington State. You know can he move from from defensive tackle to outside linebacker? ran a 47640. Um, he may be someone who ends up playing defensive end, but uh, definitely an explosive athlete. Jeff Holland, 6-2, 249 out of Auburn. 47940. He's an undersized defensive uh, defensive end. Not the best athlete, but excellent hands. Very quick at the point, um, which allows him to win and get into the backfield. I think the hands are really uh, something that he utilizes. And we got 10 sacks, 22 quarterback hurries as a junior to go along with four uh, forced fumbles. Someone who's going to be an early day three pick and uh, someone who's going to be able to to make some plays uh, at the next level as a pass rusher. Um, Marquise Haynes out of Mississippi. 6'3, 235 pounds, 4'6, undersized defensive M, um, you know, for the for the Rebels. You know, we get overpowered at the point of attack, but uh, he's explosive, bends very well, dips and rips to get around the corner in a hurry, 32 career sacks, really a one dimensional situational pass rusher, uh, as is uh, Javon rolland Jones out of Arkansas State, 6'2, two, 253 pounds. Um, you know he ran a four eight eight forty. You know he's not the best athlete, but he didn't. You know record. You know uh, forty one or excuse me forty two sacks in his career, which just fell uh, a half a sack shy of, of Terrell Suggs' FBS all time record for sacks. Um, you know he, he's a sack master. You know with excellent hand usage. That's really where he wins. You know, he's he's a bit undersized. He struggles to get off blocks, but you watch him with his hands. He's able to club hands aside, chops them down, uses a quick rip or a swim move, extends his arms into the shoulder pad of the tackle to walk him back, can jolt the tackle back off the ball with some power in his hands. Um, he just can't let that tackle get the hands on him because, like I said, he does struggle to get off the blocks. I think he's someone who's probably going to be a late day three pick, um, maybe the fifth more than likely the sixth or seventh round, especially because of that eight40 8, time. But I think he could be productive as a situational pass rusher. He's somebody for me that you know if you're going to be recording that many sacks, you know you have to have a home at the next level and uh, you know I think he'll at least get a shot on, a, on an NFL roster and once he's on that roster he'll be able to show that uh, he knows how to get after the quarterback. So that will do it for today's podcast. I'm um, going to go ahead and bring it to an end. Um, you know, we'll go ahead and, and break down the in, uh, inside backers, the cornerbacks, and the safeties in uh, the next podcast. Maybe if we have time, we'll also take a start taking a look at some of the team needs, some of the trade scenarios as well. I hope everyone had uh, as much fun as I, uh, I've had bringing the information to you. Uh, be sure to check out readyforthedraft.com. Um, I'll be making sure to to get some more information out there to you. Uh, But until next time, everyone, have a great day. Until then, I'm out.